You're listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org. It all began in a graveyard. I think we oftentimes forget that. Or we talk about a tomb. But somehow when we tell the Easter story, we sanitize it in our mind. It's a graveyard. It's a place of death. It's a place of deep grief and a sense of loss. Easter begins in a graveyard. And so I invite you to hear Courtney Blackwell read to us this story of Easter as it's recorded in the Gospel of John. And let us enter into the fullness of this Easter story. May God bless the hearing and the receiving of this holy word. A reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. Early, on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went towards the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings laying there, and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. So far as yet, they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes, but Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had been laying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they have laid him. When she said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabuni? Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. In my second year at Duke Divinity School, I was assigned as an intern to learn ministry at Cedar Grove United Methodist Church. It's a small little rural church, not too far from Burlington, North Carolina. It is surrounded by fields and farmers. 
it's a small little uh, church in an even smaller little community, and it's been there for generations. Those families have served in that area, worked in that area, cared for each other in that area, loved their church in that area, long, long back into the early 1800s. In fact, in my little church, when I first started, there were only three last names I needed to learn to know everybody's last name in that congregation. In addition to being surrounded with all that history, Cedar Grove United Methodist Church was placed right in the middle of a cemetery. All around it were gravestones with those three last names and yes, a few others. It was a great place to have overnight uh, campouts with the youth group. They loved doing that and running through the graveyards and scaring each other and so on. But it was something to be in the middle of a graveyard as we worshiped, as we had church meetings, as we had fellowship events. It somehow felt like we were connected to all those who'd come before us. Easter begins in a graveyard. You have to have graveyards for Easter to make any sense at all. Mary came into that first Easter because she was coming into a graveyard with intent. She was coming seeking Jesus. Now, she didn't think he was alive. She assumed he was dead. And the shock for her to discover that not only was he dead, of course, as she expected, but that the tomb was empty. She was terrified. So she ran to get Peter and the other disciple who ran in and ran out of Easter very quickly in this story. Their drama comes later. But Mary finds herself in the midst of grief in the middle of a, a graveyard, grieving not only the fact that Jesus has died, but now even more fully aware of how much she thought she'd lost. A terrible place to be. Except for the fact that graveyards for us have become symbols of faith. You look around through a graveyard, you see crosses. You see other images that talk about the faith and beliefs of the people who are buried there. In this graveyard for Mary, the only thing she could see was her pain, her sense of loss. For her, this was a place where she wandered around looking for that which could not be found, hope. That is, until she continued to be willing to stay in the middle of the graveyard. I think that's such an important part of this story. Mary didn't run from her pain. She didn't run from the trouble she was facing. She didn't run from her grief. In fact, it's almost as if she started to sit down and just make her spot there, present to what was going on in that graveyard, including things that she fully couldn't understand. Suddenly, angels appear to her. And they ask her, why are you weeping? Now, can I confess to you that I've preached this Easter message how many times? But the reality is it's in this year that I began to look differently at this phrase, why are you weeping? In the past, I used to think the angels were sort of making fun of her. Why are you weeping? Don't you know Jesus is alive? No. I think now they are caring about the things that Mary was caring about. I think they're feeling her pain and allowing and acknowledging her right to feel that pain. Why are you weeping? Let's talk about it. Let's identify what's going on with you. And given that space, she could grieve. She could fully embrace the pain that she was experiencing because that's a part of what allows Easter to occur. You've got to enter really into a graveyard. You can't just run through it.
You've got to embrace the heart of life, the heart of the moment, the grief that's real in our life, the kinds of sense of loss that we feel. We can't gloss over it and act as if somehow it will magically go away. You've got to own it. Chris Rice writes it this way and says, to the extent that our laments are shallow, so too will our hope be shallow. When we fully immerse ourselves in the grief moment, as the angels allowed Mary to do, they were giving her the opportunity to be in a place where she could receive beyond her grief. She talks about she's missing Jesus. Where have they taken him? And then everything changes because Jesus comes to her. Jesus is there and Mary turns, but in the midst of her loss, in the midst of her grief, she didn't recognize him. How is that not true for us? How many times have I looked right by the things God was doing, looked right by God because I was so caught up in my own stuff, my own grief? Mary didn't realize who she was talking to. Where have you laid Jesus, my Lord, my Lord? Even in the midst of grief, even in the middle of a graveyard, she was willing to at least have that much faith to still say he was still her Lord. And then it happened. Mary. She heard her name called by the voice that had meant more to her than any other voice she'd ever encountered. Scripture says she turned. I think that's more than physical. I think her heart turned. I think her soul turned. I think her very future turned. As she turned and faced Jesus and recognized who he was and proclaimed that he was her teacher, her Lord. Easter came to Mary in the middle of a graveyard. It's such an important moment. And it's there appropriately that we understand today as we live in places where we feel senses of loss, where we feel like things are so chaotic and out of control, where we have so many emotions raging within us, and where we have silent despair and fear holding on to our hearts. We're living in graveyards. And Mary there heard Jesus call her name to understand in that moment that Easter had happened, changed her, moved her out of the graveyard. She had a story to tell, and she went to go tell it to the other disciples. It was a story you and I both know she told over and over again for the rest of her life. She loved to tell that story. The moment when in the graveyard her name was called. The moment in our graveyards where Jesus becomes real to us, when we feel his presence, our lives are turned. Thomas Long tells a story of a woman who was born with a lot of challenges. She had a rough childhood as a result. She was always the brunt of bullying and being picked on by other students. She had a real sense of no self-esteem because of all of the physical limitations that she had to carry with her. That is until one day when she was in school in the early elementary grade. And this was back in the day when teachers would have to administer hearing tests. And it was a pretty simple test. You went up to the teacher and the teacher whispered in your ear. And they would say things like, the flag is flying, the sky is blue, cats like to meow. Whatever the simple phrase was, the student would have to repeat it back just so the teacher knew that they could hear the lesson plans throughout the rest of the year. Well, this child came up, and she came forward in front of the class, 
very uncomfortable being in the front. She went to the teacher who leaned into her ear and said, I wish you were my little girl. She heard her. She heard the affirmation. She felt the love. And she tells the story of her own life and saying that it was in that moment she knew she never needed to be ashamed or feel self-conscious ever again. She was lovable. And she was loved in that moment. It changed everything. It's a story worth telling. We all have Easter stories to tell. And graveyards are full of them. That's why I love walking around graveyards. Like many other people, I like going to find the old gravestones and seeing the oldest residents. But I also like today walking around graveyards that have the names of people that I have known who've had an impact upon my life, who have loved me. I stand here today in the middle of Lakeview Cemetery here in Clarkston. 16 years ago, I could have come here and wouldn't have known anybody, but that's not true today. I've been here many times. I've been here and seen the names of people who's impacted my life in our church, who have stories to tell. This is the grave marker for Rich and Marty Johnson. Now, I knew Marty. Rich had passed before I came here, but I heard stories of his faithfulness in leading this congregation, how wonderful a guy he was. But Marty, well, if you knew Marty, she was a party ready to break out at any time. She was filled with life and joy. Going to her house on Middle Lake Road uh, was always fun. That was decorated to the nines for every holiday, not just Christmas, not just Halloween. She used to love going with my wife, Laura, up to Holly and going to the stores up there and shopping there and buying clothes and going out to eat. And I loved Marty Johnson, and I knew that she loved me and Laura and this church. I remember her passing. I remember her funeral still this day. And I come here and I look at this, and I recognize the respect I owe to Rich for what he did and for Marty, for who she was, to me, to Laura, to many of us. This is the headstone of Howard and Dorothy Huttenlocker and their son, Jim. Howard and Dorothy were key leaders in this church for many, many years. Howard was a very strong, tough leader. He always made sure the budget was just so. He also sat in the back pew, and if the preacher ran too long, he'd reach up, pull his arm out, and in a very obvious gesture, tap his wrist to let the preacher know he was going too long. <laughs> I like to think I would have frustrated him immensely. But I also would love to work with him because his love for this church was that deep. Dorothy's was too. She would host youth groups in their house and did all kinds of things to care for this church. Together, they made the gift of the 6.6 .6 acres we have here that our church stands on. We also celebrate Jim as his continuing legacy along with Judy, who I'm so joyful is with us still today, has continued to lead not only their own witness, but the witness of their family as those who love this church so much. Theirs is an Easter story, and it's worth telling. I look around and I see in this place so many other stories and names. You know them, and you know other graveyards that you could go to where you are connected with those who've gone before you. 
Graveyards have stories to tell. We all have Easter stories to tell. And a lot of them begin in a graveyard, places of despair. This past week, in my class on John, I asked those who are participating, tell me your Easter story. And they began to walk with me through moments where they have felt the stirring of Christ, the presence of the risen Christ in their life. One of the class members talked about being in the pew one day, very distraught over a variety of issues. And after hearing the message, she sat there and began to weep and she held out her hands. And she says, I know no one will believe me, but I believe I felt in my left hand God holding it. Easter arrived to her in the midst of her tears. Another one talked about receiving the terminal diagnosis for her husband and lying there in the bed distraught. She got up in the middle of the night, went in the living room, went and was led to open up the Bible to Romans 8, 28. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Another one talked about literally singing, Christ the Lord is risen today on Easter morning. And in the singing of that song, felt the call of God upon her life and the invitation to watch how God was going to work in the lives of others in her family, in her friendship list. And another who remembers as a little girl going to Lake Huron Retreat Center and going into the chapel back when it was the camp and lying on the back pew, praying for a childhood friend of hers who had cancer. And she was praying for her friend. And she felt lying in the back of that chapel, the presence of God come upon her. Her words, it's when my face moved from my head to my heart. We all have Easter stories to tell. The great hymn of faith, that we've learned from our childhood, many of us, says it this way. I love to tell the story of unseen things above, of Jesus and his glory, of Jesus and his love. I love to tell the story because I know it is true. It satisfies my longings as nothing else can do. Today, we are celebrating Easter on the last Sunday of August. And it's the right thing to do because every day for us is Easter. Easter is not a celebration in the spring. It's a reality of how we live our life. We live in the presence of the resurrected Lord. And I come to you today from a graveyard to tell you whatever feelings of loss and hopelessness and fear and death and grief you may be experiencing, like Mary, that's where Easter begins. May God bless us to have stories to tell and may we, like Mary, be willing to go tell them because others need to hear them. Easter is real. It is happening now. And so from this place, I wish you a blessed and holy Easter. May you celebrate the resurrected Christ as he lifts you and me and all of us up. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Happy Easter. You've been listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us 
at clarkstonumc.org.